may be seated. Our first scripture reading, we're going to read that responsively together. Psalm 147, you see that there printed out in the order of service uh, on, both, uh, on both pages. So Psalm 147, I'll read the normal print if you would read with me the bold printed verses. So Psalm 147, a psalm of praise, praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He heals the brokenhearted. He determines the number of the stars. Great is our Lord in abundance in power. The Lord lifts up the humble. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. He covers the heavens with clouds. He gives to the beasts their food. His delight is not in the strength of the horse. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He makes peace in your borders. And then secondly, from the Old Testament, the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter number 12. If you have a Bible, you can turn along with me. Uh, or you can find it on your device, uh, Saul, uh, Isaiah 12, Isaiah 12, verses 1 through 6, whole chapter, just six verses. The prophet here is speaking of a day to come when the Israelites, the Judahites, the southern kingdom would come back into the promised land and they would be uh, once again redeemed from exile. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praise to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. And finally, we're going to read from the New Testament, from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5. So Psalm 147, Isaiah 12, and then 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, uh, just three verses, familiar verses that we read every Thanksgiving, where the apostle at the end of his letter In the midst of many exhortations and instructions, he says uh, these famous words, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And all of God's people say, Amen. Well, giving thanks is as old as humanity itself. We read at the end, or the very beginning, the very beginning of our Bibles, 
Genesis chapter number four. After our first parents were created, they were placed in the garden, uh, they sinned against the creator, and God sent them east of Eden. And then we read about Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter four, uh, Cain who killed his brother Abel, and then Cain goes off in his line Uh, does many great things. They build cities, they domesticate animals, they uh, create musical instruments, and so forth. And at the end of chapter 4 of Genesis, in those ancient of days, we read, in those days, amongst the line of Abel, the line of Seth, his uh, brother, in those days men, human beings, began to call upon the name of the Lord. And so giving thanks to God, lifting up our voices and lifting up our petitions and giving the creator thanks is as old as the human race itself. In those days, those ancient days, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, this is not just true because the Bible says so. It's true uh, in, our own, in our own human experience. Throughout the ages, all peoples and languages and nations of peoples have expressed thanks and thanksgiving and gratitude. One Native American tribe has a little proverb. It goes like this. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies in yourself. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies in yourself. Much later, Cicero, Cicero in Latin, uh, his, uh, one of the great philosophers of the first century, he said this. Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Gratitude is not just the greatest of all virtues, but the parent of all others. From a heart of gratitude comes virtue, comes goodness, kindness, self-control, and so forth. So giving thanks is as old as the human race itself. All peoples and tribes and languages and nations testify of this. And so it was when the Lord sent his people into the promised land, he told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that they weren't to give thanks when they entered the land that God had sworn to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, give thanks when you enter the land. You didn't come in by your own strength. It wasn't by your own works. Give thanks for the Lord is good. The Psalms are full of this. We just read uh, one of them. We sang one of them to give thanks to the Lord, to praise God uh, who has made us and to praise the God who saves us, to give him thanks, to give him praise for his steadfast love, his mercy, his faithfulness endures forever. The Bible is full of this. The Psalms especially full of giving thanks. It's to cultivate this attitude of Gratitude. The apostle tells us that believers in Jesus, the Messiah, are to give thanks in all circumstances. Pray always. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then he goes on to say, uh, uh, he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, our Lord, to give thanks to the Lord. And so we gather together, again, on a national day of Thanksgiving. We do it out of custom, perhaps, but uh, we do it here, uh, year after year, to give thanks. To do what our most ancient human parents have done, to do what people like us across all the world have done, and to do so as our forefathers and foremothers have done, to give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And... Once again, we gather and 
once again, the season comes and goes, doesn't it? The season of thanksgiving. Uh, one of my kids, who will remain nameless, uh, likes to remind us that every, uh, to remind us that we skip from Halloween to Christmas and putting up the Christmas decorations as quick as possible because you got to get through Thanksgiving is not really a real holiday, right? It's you got to get to the Christmas, to the good stuff. But we want to not let the season pass so quickly. We want to use it and uh, take advantage of it to give thanks and to teach ourselves why. So the season comes and goes. The season of Thanksgiving. We've already put Christmas decorations up at our house, uh, for example. We haven't even touched the turkey yet, but. Uh, the season comes and goes, but there's a certain quality of our hearts that needs to remain. Give thanks in all circumstances. Pray always. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So the season comes and goes, but our hearts, the gratitude in our hearts, should remain beyond just a little season uh, in our national, even church life. Now, gratitude then, so thanksgiving and gratitude, quickly, uh, is rooted in a sense of personal fault, sin, we call it in the Bible. Uh, it's uh, a certain uh, sense of fault, guilt, sinfulness, even unworthiness. But alongside of that is the recognition that God gives us what we do not deserve. So gratitude is rooted in the sense of our own unworthiness. And again, we speak of that because the Bible talks about us as human beings sinning against God. And there's a sense of separation between God and us because of our sins. And so we need to come to this recognition, this personal recognition that I have sinned, that I have fallen short of the glory that God has set before me. But alongside of that, we don't just want to wallow in self-pity. We want to understand that we recognize that God has given to us everything we have and we don't deserve those things. That's what gratitude is. Lord, I am unworthy, but yet you are the one who gives to me what I do not deserve. Lord, I have not done anything to earn your blessings, but yet you give them anyway. That's what gratitude is. It's rooted in a sense of our own personal unworthiness, recognizing that God has given you and me what you and I do not deserve. And I just want to focus on uh, that, I, that passage from Isaiah chapter 12 quickly, uh, just the very opening of it where the prophet says this again. He says, I, uh, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. So again, this idea of giving thanks, being grateful, it's rooted in our human nature. People from every tribe and language and people and nation give thanks and are grateful and have a sense of their own unworthiness and they render and they give to the, to the Lord that they serve some service and thanks because they don't deserve the things that he's given. And so the prophet is saying the same thing. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. But notice the difference. It's not just to a general God, uh, to the creator of the universe, but to this particular God, the Lord, the one who has not only made the heavens and the earth, but the one who has brought Israel out of Egypt and the one who has continually upheld them and preserved them and saved them. And he says here, he's going to save them again. And so you'll say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. And then notice the why. Why is it that in this day to come, the prophet is saying, that 
people of Judah, the southern part of the Israelites, would give thanks to the Lord. And you see there in that, uh, in that thanksgiving, beginning in verse 4 and so forth, that's just a quotation of Psalm 105. But why? But why? For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. The Israelites were going to give thanks to the Lord because although he was for a time angry with them, and notice the personalness, you were angry with me, right? Yet that anger has turned away that you might comfort me. So we are sinners as human beings. We are sinners as human beings. If you, if you don't know that yet, that's what you need to hear today. That we are sinners as human beings. And sinners, like you and me, we need to come to a personal recognition. We need to come to grips with this sense of our unworthiness. And we need to recognize that when we are in our sinful, sinfulness, and we stand apart from God, who's made us and who sends his son to redeem us, which I'll come to in just a second here, there should be in us a sense of, God is angry with me. God is angry with me. God is holy and I am unholy. God is righteous and I am unrighteous. God is perfect and I have shown by my thoughts and my words and my deeds my entire life that I am imperfect. That's what it is to be a sinner. It's to fall short of the glory of God. And so you and I need to come to grips, a personal grip with the sense of our sins and the awareness that God, in our sins, God, as the, Psalm, as the prophet says here, you're angry with me. But notice the great transition there. We're giving thanks, not because God's angry with us, that would make no sense. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, because though you were angry with me, your anger turned away. Here comes the gratitude. Here comes the reason for the gratitude. Your anger turned away. Why? That you might comfort me. How did the anger of God turn away from these particular sinners? How does the anger of God turn away from you and me as particular sinners? Well, the prophet says, in that day, and he's speaking as a prophet of a day to come, of something that's going to blow their minds, something that's going to be beyond their expectations, and that thing is that God would send his son, Jesus. And that Jesus came to stand in our place. That's why we talk about God becoming a, a man. That's what the season's coming up of Advent and Christmas. God became a man, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And do you realize that Jesus, when he lived on this earth, was just like you? He had to eat, he had to sleep, he had friends, he had family, he had a real human body, he had emotions, he had a soul, he had everything that it is that you have as a human being. The only thing is, of course, he, he was sinless. But he was just like you. He'd lived in your shoes. He walked in your steps. Why? So that by his life, as he lived and he went to the cross, he would go to that cross having lived for you in your place, taking upon himself all of your burdens, all of your sins, all the weight of God's 
justice for you, and even that sense of God being angry that he might take all that upon himself and give his life, to give his life in the place of sinners. To do what? To turn away the anger of God so that what would come to us? If God's anger is turned away, what comes in the place of the anger of God? His love, his mercy, his steadfast love that endures forever. And so the, the, the prophet here, like a psalmist, the prophet says to give thanks. Why? Because although God was angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. You have to come to reality and come to grips with, again, the sense that in your sinfulness that God is angry with you. But here's the other thing that you have got to come to grips with, the greatness of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And to know that on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead, those great high points of the Christian faith, he has objectively turned away the anger of God. He satisfied the justice of God for your injustice. He's ex experienced the full righteousness of God in the place of your unrighteousness. He did that so that the anger of God would be satisfied and, 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 and turned away from you so that you would know subjectively that you are no longer an, ex an experiencer, one who has that anger in your conscience, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, that you might comfort me. And so Thanksgiving is all about Jesus Christ. Amen? We come to know again that we are sinners, but God is an even greater Savior. When we sin, the apostle tells us, and I love that verse in Romans 5, the very end, he says that where sin increased, grace abounded, right? Superabounded. Where our sins increase, God's grace superabounds above and beyond all of our sins. And we can say then with this prophet, in the, in the fulfillment of what he says, in the full understanding of what he means here, that we have come today, not just today, but our whole life, should have this quality of gratitude. Why? Because we know that God was once angry with us because of our sins, but he satisfied that justice on the cross so that you might comfort me. Amen? Let's give the Lord thanks today and all of our days. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know what it, what it means that he has satisfied the righteous demands of God against you, I pray that you would hear what he says today, that God is angry because of your sins, but yet he sent his son in his love to satisfy that anger so that you would never be, you would never know that God is angry at you again, that you would know Jesus and to know true peace and to have that anger wiped away from your account to be loved forever. Well, let's give the Lord thanks and praise this morning. Uh, I'm going to pray a couple of short prayers, and then at the end of that, uh, uh, as is our custom, if you'd like to pray aloud uh, on this Thanksgiving day for something in particular, a normal blessing of life, or praise the Lord for his amazing mercy and grace to you, uh, you are free to do that. Love to hear uh, those prayers, and we can all amen with you. Uh, but let's pray, first of all, for... Uh, this season of the year, the Lord will continue to bless uh, us with all the various tangible blessings of this life. And so let's pray together.